TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome you to another edition of Two Guys and a Mic and the uh, TalkZone.com. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Actually, just a winer. It's not such a beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Spring has sprung. The grass is riz. I wonder where the birdies is. I hear the birdies. I you hear do. the birdies, but they're not out today because it's pouring down rain. Not good. No. Look at the bright at side. That pouring rain could be snow. You could be shoveling snow as we speak. Very true. And I was looking for the bright side this morning, but there was no bright sun out there. Look at that. Very philosophical for a young man. I'll tell you what. I, I read a lot of Plato and, and Aristotle in my day, so there you go. Don't In your day. <laughs> Guy's only 21 years old. He's throwing p- p- Aristotle in my day. Your day doesn't go that Back that far, young man. Very true. Uh, the pride and joy of Deep Paw University in uh, beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Green Castle, oh, Indiana. Oh, that's right. Green Castle, Indiana. Joining us on uh, Two Guys and a Mike. Justin was here last week. David Olson, our producer today. Got a two-hour show. Our first hour, the Two Guys and a Mike show, hour number two. Make sure you stick around. We'll talk more sports. But uh, we gear into the youth sports with our Youth Sports Fan Forum. We do that each and every Thursday here at the Talk Zone. Justin, um We've been building up the March Madness a little bit over the course of the week. Some games and some tournaments starting. A lot of Cinderellas and small schools making the tournament. But looking at the TV schedule for today, I would say March Madness hits in full mode, in full swing today. You got, what, about 25 different games to choose from? I believe so. 20, 20 plus games. You have the Big Ten tournament starting. You have Pac-10 wow. starting. And I'll tell you what, I really, last week, I, I kind of went on the, the bandwagon of Georgetown. Yep. Uh, saying that they were my team to you know make a little dark horse run, watching Butler manhandle Wright State the other night. I love Butler. I'm a big Butler fan right now. I think Gordon Hayward is a stud. Matt Howard is reigning Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team, I mean that that team is good. If Butler, they play well, they are good. They're real good. Yeah, really good, and they're not. A small school, and they're not, well, they might be a small school, but they're certainly not a Cinderella. Butler has become almost like the Gonzaga of the Midwest, where Gonzaga was kind of cute, fun team to talk about for a while, <laughs> but when they put together 25 and 5 seasons consistently, made the tournament sometimes some deep runs in the tournament at some point, take off the Cinderella shoes, they're a real player, and Butler has become that. They've been consistently good now for a number of years. Well, ranked 10th in the country, and I'll tell you what, here's a fact that you may not know. Brad Stevens, the coach of Butler, was a DePaul University graduate. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, and actually, Did he read Aristotle back in the day, too? Or <laughs> I think was he... he did as well. Really? Uh, it was of, actually... Uh, I, a lot I actually, of philosophy I... majors at DePaul. <laughs> I, I, was a, I knew a guy who was a philosophy major. He couldn't find a job, but at least he knew why. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go ahead. <laughs> You'll be here all week. Um, the the funny thing is that Butler and Wright State played twice this year, uh, or I believe three times this year, including this past uh, or two days ago. And Wright State's coach Brad Boynell was also a DePaul graduate. So I actually worked a game for ESPN, um, and it was almost like a DePaul connection, you know, the, the DePaul reunion. And 
pretty much the way that Butler has played this year. They ran the conference. They were undefeated in the conference. The first team, they, they've set so many records in the Horizon League right now. Uh, they really, they're one of the best teams since Detroit back in the late 90s mm-hmm. and back when Xavier was part of the Horizon League. So this is a team that can be dangerous, mm-hmm. real dangerous. If they hit their, they're a great outside shooting team. So if they can hit their outside shots and they can get down in the block and rebound, I love this Butler team. I think they're a well-coached team, and Brad Stevens has done a great job. He's actually being mentioned as a possible successor at DePaul University in Chicago. He had about 47 others. Yeah, exactly. They I've need, thrown my uh, hat in the ring for that job, by the way. They need to They need to hire the right guy. Yes, DePaul. they do. There is so much. We had Mark Aguirre on, on Sports Central about a month ago with mm-hmm. David Kaplan, WGN he's, Radio. He's one of the 47 candidates. Yes, and Mark Aguirre was... Bigger than Jordan back in the day. Yep. Mark Aguirre was one well, of the, well, not bigger than Jordan. Not bigger than Jordan, but he at the time, that was before you know you really had okay. This is the Bulls team. DePaul was bigger than the Bulls back That's then. That's true. And you had Mark Aguirre. If if they bring in Mark Aguirre, I don't know about his coaching experience, which is very limited. Uh, but they need to bring in a guy, a Chicago guy that can go into the Chicago public schools and bring in mm-hmm. good players. I. Uh, you are, I'll agree with point number one that the, it's critical their coaching decision. I think everybody agrees with that. I might disagree with you a little bit on that it has to be a Chicago guy. I think if it's the if it's the right guy, then even if he's not a Chicago connection, I want to pursue that aspect. And March Madness, college basketball, going to be a big part of today's show, folks. You can uh, dial in, call, talk about your favorite team, your favorite conference tournament, 888-463-6748. I want to get back to that thought. But real quick, we got a caller that, uh, not a caller, but our normal host of the show who can't hang on for a while. He's checking in. He has a story to tell. It is the Big Dog checking in on line 43. Big Dog, say hello to philosophy major Justin Weiner out of DePaul University. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, Justin? And, and the reason I'm calling, Justin, is, is to talk to you because, you know, I feel like we have some type of kinship, and I, I have to look out for you because, you know, we both fall off the David Kaplan intern for you. realize that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I so, do realize that. So uh, you, you realize, I mean, the guy across from me, you got to, for the next hour, you had to try to entertain this guy because he, he's very difficult to, to do a show with. You realize that. <laughs> I, I interrupted scintillating DePaul University coaching job discussion. We were right smack in the middle of it. said, Big Dog has a story here. I thought you had something happened to you last. I thought maybe you were injured. We had to send people oh, I, out. I, I, I am. I am, by the way. I, I am pretty injured. What happened? Uh, so Not another groin injury, I hope. Uh, well, my guys, Idris, Akinel, and Robert uh, McEwen, they decided that they want to do a show where they take an average guy off the street like okay. me, give him a little training, and see what would happen if you put him against a real fighter. Like, see how bad they get beat up, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, they picked me, fellas, and, um, well, yesterday I went through my first thing of training, and they got, it really wasn't training. The guy that was going to decide to train me, he was like, I want to get in the ring with him and see what happens. And, uh, guys, I... I got kicked in the head four times. I mean, it was bad. I, I, fellas, I got beat up really bad yesterday. I'm a grown Boy, man. Oh, yeah. that, everybody that was really impressed, they're like, how did you not go down? When it was done, uh, first of all, I sprained my toe real bad because when I went to kick him, I missed him one time, and I ended up just hitting him with my big toe, and I sprained it. I can't walk on it. Uh-huh. The guy was an Olympic boxer named Saeed. Beat Joel up very badly. <laughs> that was why, would you, why would you go up against an Olympic boxer is my question. 
Well, uh, well, the only reason I did, I, I do have kind of like, I do like like high intensity stuff. Like, if you gave me a chance, Justin, I swear to you, I would love to be able to try to tackle Adrian Peterson in an open field. I do realize I should do that with health insurance. I don't have that right now, so it'd be a bad decision. Okay. I don't think you'd even need health insurance because chances are you probably wouldn't touch him. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> okay, well, I was wow. hoping he would try to make contact. Okay, then right now, if you're chasing Adrian Peterson, all you got to be good at is that when he fumbles the ball, make sure you dive on it first. True. Uh, Justin, did you speak of that? Did you see that in their careers, LT has twelve lost fumbles and Adrian Peterson has thirteen. Yes. So one guy came in the league two thousand seven. The other guy came in in two thousand. Yep. So okay, well, <laughs> P- Peterson. That's see, but that is Peterson's biggest fault is that he cannot hold on to the ball. And part mm-hmm. of the problem is that he, if you watch the games and you watch the film, you will see that he carries the ball like a breadbasket, which is the number one thing they teach you as a high school running back or a little peewee football running back is hold on to the ball, cover all the points. He doesn't do that. Yeah, and next year, Justin, when the, the Bears and the Detroit Lions take over possession of the NFC North, and I'm not kidding, the, it, the, the biggest problem with Adrian Peterson is he won't be able to stay on the field because now he's going to be injured. Mm-hmm. Injury riddled the rest of his career. That's my and head coach Brad Childress will be looking behind him, ready to uh, raising up his left hand, signaling for the left-hander Chester Taylor out of the bullpen. He will look around and realize that Chester Taylor, the left-hander, is now in the Chicago Bear bullpen. That's a good thing. Yeah, but LT Ladainian Thompson probably will sign with Minnesota. Another thing before I leave you guys, mm-hmm. it's most likely Tiger Woods will rejoin the tour at the Arnold Palmer Classic. I gotta love the fact that Tiger Woods is actually going to the. Arnold Palmer Invitational, that's pretty cool. And Coach, uh, Greg Campy, last night, Oakland coach, who had a great speech yes. about how important it was for his team to a win that game. Man who wears a black turtleneck like very few other coaches can wear. Yeah, I, I figured, yeah, I was going to let you guys get back to college basketball. Justin, have a good one. And, yeah, seriously, a Coach Campy speech yesterday. I hope you saw that, Coach Cohn, because that was some good stuff yesterday. So, anyways, <laughs> have a good one, fellas. All right, thanks. Big Dog checking in. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Joel Radwanski, better known in the radio world as the Big Dog. He went into that story kind of fast. Apparently, some TV show that's trying to put the average Joe against some professional, and I think he was alluding to the fine sport of ultimate fighting. I believe so. I don't know if a I'm philosophy major was... from DePaul, Indiana. I'm going to guess you're not a big ultimate <laughs> fighting guy, but uh, feel free to surprise me. I, I, to be honest, I'm more of a boxing guy. I don't like the UFC as much as I like boxing because okay. UFC, it's essentially all rules are thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no holds barred when you're looking at UFC. I'm sh- obviously, I'm not very privy to all the rules of UFC, mm-hmm. but when you look at boxing, the art of a guy like Floyd Mayweather being able to hit a guy so many times, so precise, and land upwards of 75, 80%, 90% of his punches and not be touched, that is much more appealing to me than Mm -hmm. UFC fighting where they're just trying to submit one another, putting them in chokeholds and grapple holds and submission holds, whatever they're called. Um, I'm more of a boxing guy, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So you like the art of boxing. You sound like one of the few guys, maybe, that would agree with me. I said I would enjoy boxing more if the guys actually had headgear on. Because because what? Well, then I don't feel so bad about watching the sport because I'm not watching some guy who 20 <laughs> years from now or 10 years from now is probably going to be you know semi-brain dead. And God forbid he's got a wife and kids and a family. So it takes the guilt out of it, and I can still enjoy the beauty and the artistry, which you so uh, eloquently described, of the sport of boxing. 
It is very. It's an eloquent sport. I would. And it's an athletic sport. Very much. Now so. you watch the the current heavyweights of recent years. See, you're too young to remember some of the heavyweights back in the day. That was good stuff. Of late, the heavyweight boxing has been boring. It's been dull. It's been methodical. But uh, you watch like Olympic boxing, mm-hmm. three rounds. The lightweight guys who just come out and you know none of this you know one punch hug, another punch another punch hug referee separates. You know, dance around the ring a little bit. Now they don't even dance. But they, you know, in the Olympic boxing, you come out in three rounds, and these guys go all out, punch, 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 with quick footwork and quick hands. I mean, that makes the sport of boxing. You know, that then it's fun to watch. And I feel like part of the problem has become that it's more of you getting so big and strong that your flexibility, your elasticity, and all yeah. that that goes into boxing, the finesse of boxing, is taken away. You look at Floyd Mayweather; he's no taller than I, but he's got probably in terms of body fat percentage, he has maybe the absolute minimum, and he is so strong, and his punch is so quick, you almost have to slow it down. You have to go in slow motion mm-hmm. on an HD camera or whatever to see how quick he can get from his locked position here mm-hmm. to a left jab or a right jab or a right hook, anything like that. But at the heavyweight level, I agree. It's it's very slow and monotonous and one punch well, hug, two punch hug. Wasn't punch always hug. that way, but it no. certainly has been the last 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, any young kids listening out there, if you do want to experience the average Joe versus the professional athlete, it's kind of a fascinating concept. But Justin, I think you would agree with me. The sport of boxing is probably not the one you want to try. No. You know, you want to go up <laughs> bowling against a pro bowler. You know, not a bad idea. You want to take a shot at tennis against a pro tennis player. It would be cool. To sit there and try to return a Roger Federer serve, just to see what that's boxing. I don't want to dig into our uh, good friend the big dog anymore. But again, if there's any young kids out there listening, that would not be the sport of choice. I would not think. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, tennis is about up here. I'd love to see a Roger Federer serve yeah, at 130 cool. miles per hour yeah. just coming at me. See if I can even touch it. It's almost like seeing a 100 mile per hour fastball coming at you, but. To sit there and look a guy in the face and know he's going to hit me very, very, very hard, and I'm not going to have any chance of getting out of the way, that's not appealing to me. <laughs> not at all. Why would why would you put yourself through the misery of getting pummeled by an Olympic-style boxer? It's a chance to get on television. There you go. That's Some people it. will do anything. By the way, in ultimate fighting, as David Olson, you're aware, and Justin, I'm sure you are too, you can tap out. Yes. If you are near death. If you are ready to, you know, you no oxygen left. On our show today, and each and every Thursday, this is something new now. When our segments get really, really tough and, and we're, we're, like, searching for topics, we are allowing you to tap out. tap out and we'll go to a station break. It's a new thing we've installed today. See, and the point that Believe I want to bring up is what you just said. When you are fighting for your life, yes, you have to tap out. Yeah. Why would I want to fight for my life? That's a – I mean – Again, there are certain guys in the UFC, guys like Chuck Liddell, that are superb athletes, slightly on the crazy side because they're, again, fighting for their life in certain respects. But I would much rather see boxing where it's a TKO or a KO, you know, a knockout, technical knockout, things like that, versus I'm putting a guy in a submission hold where he's losing, you know, all the oxygen to his brain and he could have brain damage much more easily than you could getting a shot in the head from Floyd Mayweather. It's hard not to watch, I have to admit, when you're flipping around channels and you see it. It's hard not to watch, but uh, 
I have to smoke a cigarette and I feel guilty afterwards. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right. 888-463-6748. An odd potpourri of subjects brought up on today's show. March Madness is clearly going to be our main topic. And uh, we started talking about the Big Ten tournament uh, in DePaul right here in the fine city of Chicago, their coaching situation. And I kind of disagree with you a little bit, uh, Justin, in that I'll meet you halfway, ideally. In a perfect world, if they could find a guy who's got DePaul roots or Chicago roots, that's clearly an advantage. But I think the key is what you said first. They got to find the right person. And if the right person happens to be someone who's not a Chicago guy who can still come in and recruit and be a little bit of a marketing and salesman guy, I think it could still work. Well, let me clarify my point because I completely agree with you there. The point I was trying to make in terms of the Chicago guy is the guy that understands the city of Chicago. Yep. Maybe not roots, maybe he doesn't have his roots in Chicago, maybe he didn't go to DePaul, but a guy that understands the city of Chicago, that understands that guys in the public school, a guy like Dwayne Wade, why was he not at DePaul University? Why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Instead, he goes to Marquette. He has a, a great career at Marquette, and now he's an NBA Finals champ. In defense of DePaul, there was about uh, 63 other top Division One schools. Nobody. Yes. Nobody recruited Dwayne Wade coming out of high school. Marquette, even Marquette didn't. They Agreed. were a couple of recruits, turned them down. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, revisited some of their secondary choices, and they said, let's take a shot at Dwayne Wade. So but, a lot of people missed on him. And, and in that, I think there's a problem with the recruiting because you look at a guy as talented as Dwayne Wade, yep. and at, at the time, DePaul was still – on the down low, they well they are now. I mean they've they haven't won very many Big East games. It's been they're a rough. On, they're re- on the down real low. Yeah, real low. They they're below low. Um, I don't really think that if you're a, a good coach, how, I don't understand how you could not bring in a guy like Dwayne Wade or you can't bring in guys like Sharon Collins. People that are in the city of Chicago. What is more appealing than staying in the city of Chicago and being around here? Now, the other point is you have the Allstate Arena, which is in Rosemont. If you can get a way to bring in an arena in Chicago, mm-hmm. I think that it would attract many more players. Yeah, they're trying to figure a way to do that right now, land and uh, just finding proper space around DePaul University. That probably is their problem number one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys. Sharon Collins, I'm sure DePaul won it. It's not quite as easy as you're painting it out to be, yes, Justin. Yes, a lot yes. of these guys, you know, you said what could be better than playing in Chicago for DePaul University? Well, to, for an example, what could be better for in some of these minds, some of the players' minds, is getting out of Chicago also and true. going to another collegiate institution outside the state of Illinois and winning. So that's that's DePaul's biggest problem right now. they got a lot of guys going to established organizations. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a coach, though, I look at a player, let's say I have the best player. We'll use Jeremy Richmond, who is the best player in the state of Illinois at this point. He plays for Waukegan High School. If I'm a coach at DePaul University, I go to Jeremy Richmond and I say, look, we are 100% committed to you. We want you at this school. We will do whatever it takes to get you to this school. Now, back in the day when Mark Aguirre was playing for DePaul and they were great, the recruiting restrictions were a lot less than they are now. You don't have the NCAA breathing down your back. But a kid like Jeremy Richmond, who's up in Waukegan, obviously he wants to go play, like you said, for an established program like Illinois. However, if you have yourself as a coach, if you decide that you want to commit to this player and say we are gonna you are gonna be the centerpiece 
of our offense. You are going to be the centerpiece of our defense. We're going to evolve this program around you. We want to build around you. If I'm an athlete, obviously I want to play for a winning program. But if they're telling me that they want to do everything around me, mm-hmm. I don't care how humble you are. That's going to sound pretty enticing, and that would make me want to go to that school. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you need to bring in a coach that understands the city of Chicago, the makeup of the public schools, the makeup of the, the schools like Waukegan, uh, the schools like Nequa Valley, who, are, who is pretty good right now. Glenbard East is up top there in the state of Illinois. And bring in kids like that to go to a school like DePaul. And, again, the biggest seller, I think, is if they can get the land, you bring an arena into the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. That I would go to a DePaul basketball game. If, they ha- if I didn't have to go all the way out to Rosemont, I would be more than happy to go to a DePaul basketball game because I love college basketball. And I think more people would be intrigued by DePaul having an arena in the city of Chicago. And that athlete that you described, if you're a athlete that likes challenges, yes, the challenge of trying to turn around a university that's down and you know, and maybe even DePaul could put together a tape, a little 10-minute highlight tape of the way it was, title it the way it was and the way it could be. And show that to some of the star recruits that come in and, and, and so that they can realize how the city of Chicago can get behind an institution like that. And if you are up to the challenge, if you can turn it around, you know, you'd be a hero in the city. And they'll be talking yeah. about you like we talk about Mark Aguirre 20, 25 years after the fact. 100%. Yeah. 100% agree. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back... Uh, we won't 100% agree most of the show, believe me. Based on our last show, me and Justin, <laughs> I would say we were about 32.5% last show. That's a pretty good estimate. Not too bad. No, not not bad. not bad at all. Yeah. We'll Today, try to increase it this time, or maybe well, lessen it this time. Well, we will see. But we got the Big Ten tournament to talk about. Big East tournament is in its quarterfinals. Lots of games on TV tonight. I'm in a quandary. TV today. I'm in a quandary because there's actual work to be done. When I leave this job, I actually go to another job. But, I mean, you got uh, Illinois-Wisconsin at 1.30 today. Indiana-Northwestern at 3.30. Can't work when these games are going on. We'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone all right we are back two guys and a mic justin weiner joining me on uh, today's show don't forget we'll be back tomorrow with the big dog in the house and we got a show coming up at 11 o'clock also the youth sports fan forum so stick around for that 
But uh, the Big Ten tournament starts today, Justin. For a lot of teams, it will be their final game of the season. A couple of those teams are our local teams, Northwestern University and Illinois. But uh, some interesting matchups along the way. The Wildcats take on Indiana. Illinois and Wisconsin, a great matchup early on. And my surprise team, and I've been picking them for a while. See if you're with me here. Or feel free to call me crazy. I might call myself crazy after this prediction because of the way they played this year. The Michigan Wolverines, I'm I predict, are going to get hot <laughs> and do some damage in the Big Ten tournament. I'm calling you crazy. Manny okay. Harris. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. Great reference. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> Manny Harris is a great, great player. But... If Iowa gets hot shooting, now again, that's the 8-9 matchup in the Big Ten tournament. So that's kind of like the 8-9 matchup in the NCAA tournament where it can go either way. Sometimes you'll have the 9 seed that is significantly better than the 8 seed, and it was just a, a faulty seeding. But if I'm looking at a dark horse in the Big Ten tournament, I'm going to actually go with Penn State. I think you know they're the 11 seed. But if Taylor Battle can get hot, if that team can shoot and they can make teams run up and down the court, they're a dangerous team. They're a good defensive team. Do I think that they can battle with Ohio State? No, because really I don't think any team can battle with Ohio State. I think Ohio no, they, State. They don't have their bottom bracket. Ohio State's in the top bracket. So. And I think that Ohio State's just going to run away with this thing. With the whole tournament? Yes. I think Ohio State will win the Big Ten tournament. Evan Turner, a, a local prospect as well, St. Joe's High School, mm-hmm. he is the real deal. I love the way he plays. He's so quick. He has great vision, and he can shoot, and he has very quick first step. But Outside of that, he's not very good. Though. No, of course. You give you give everything that you need as a, as a solid player. He, he's of course basi- he's you watch good. him. He's basically an NBA player Yes, playing in college. Yes. He's NBA ready right now. Which I like that he's staying in the – in the NCAA, he's staying playing college basketball right mm-hmm. now. Again, right now. But I think there needs to be more players like that that will sit there and stay in the in the league. But I, if I'm looking at a Big Ten team, I would love for the Cats to get a run. I would really love for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I work at WGN. We carry the, the Northwestern Wildcats. John Sherno, there could be nothing better for the kid this year than to, to really make a run at the Big Ten tournament. They're not going to, obviously, win the... Uh, unless they win the Big Ten tournament, they're not going to get into the national tournament. And hopefully they would get into the NIT if they didn't. But I like Juice Thompson, Michael Thompson for the Cats as well. If Northwestern gets hot, they can beat some teams. They can beat some teams handedly. And, you know, their season was going so great until that loss against Iowa. I believe that was, uh, my memory serves me correct, beginning of February. And then from there it kind of was a downswing. But if the Cats can get hot... They're another team I like. I don't know about Michigan. I, I think Michigan has, I, I, I want to say their, their shooting just can be so inconsistent. Well, that's the problem. Their shooter, Manny Harris, is phenomenal. And uh, Sims, yes, the big kid inside. But Novak and Matt Vogerts from Lake Forest, and there's one other uh, kid they got shooting the ball outside. Those kids have not shot the ball like I thought that they would this year. But if they get hot in the tournament... Couple of those guys hitting their shots, all of a sudden Michigan's a different team. Uh, you want to talk some Big Ten tournament or any of the uh, Big
big tournaments that are starting. The Big East tournament is into their quarterfinals already. Dial it up here. March Madness Talk on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. 888-463-6743. Where'd my sheet go here? Help me out, David Olson. What's our number? 467. 67. 463. Thank you. 6748. 6748. Thank you very you much. Go. Emails at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Uh, the Northwestern team you mentioned, you look at the brackets. The brackets actually, and they, could, they could lose today, of course. But it's set up. I really hope they don't lose today. It is yeah. set up pretty well for a little bit of a run for Northwestern. A, they're matched up against Indiana, and Indiana just knocked them off. So you got the revenge factor going, and Indiana obviously is down. Now you advance and you face uh, one of the top-ranked teams, in this case the number two seed, Purdue. But Purdue has lost their star player, Robbie Hummel. It's not the same Purdue team. They're going to be hungry. And they're going to have some fight. It's a wounded dog. But it's not an unwinnable game, especially without Robbie Hummel. Take it one step further, Michigan State, I thought unbeatable. Well, Chris Allen, one of their starting guards, three-point threat. I think he's a big part of their team. When I watched him play uh, last year, I thought this guy's a star of the future. He is a starter for them now. He has been suspended indefinitely. Chris Allen is out. Michigan State's in that bottom bracket. Not going to be easy to do, but Northwestern's brackets are set up pretty good, Justin, where they could, if hot, go on a run. Certainly. And John Sherna, if he gets hot from behind the arc, he's one of the better shooters in the Big Ten. He's got the best ugly-looking shot I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it's so ugly, but somehow yeah. it works. And you look at, again, like, like, like I said, Juice Thompson, those two are probably one of the better one-two combos in the Big Ten. Not a big Juice Thompson fan. Really? I mean, he handles the ball, mm-hmm. doesn't turn it over, but... What does he do positive? Well, he has good vision. Now, keep, keep in mind. I, you know, he, he, he makes functional passes, but how many times does Michael Thompson really drive into the paint and make a beautiful, I'm not even talking about a fancy you? wow type pass, but a play that really helps a teammate make a pass. I don't mean to get down on the kid. He's functional. I just don't see enough positive play, really, really special plays from a guy who's, what, second or third team all Big Ten. You know, I, I will agree he doesn't really have the dazzle plays, and I I can't really think of an example where he drove into the lane, kicked out to Scherner from the right corner, and Scherner nails a three. Um, there have been plays like that, yeah. but it's not enough where you're saying, man, this guy is is a, a stud. He can drive in the lane. He can create shots for his other his other teammates. He's he's okay. Yes, I would I would say he's an above average point guard. Or slightly above average. All right, you might be one step on the ladder ahead of me, but uh, he does what he does. Yes. But the keys to Northwestern taking that next step up, Drew Crawford, the freshman, when he plays special and he has that capability, slumping of late, then Northwestern takes another step up. Jeremy Nash has been a complimentary player throughout his career. When he he's shown bits and pieces, moments in time this year, when all of a sudden he mm-hmm. becomes a legitimate scoring threat. He's a great defender. When he takes that next step up, and then you got the kid Merkovic, when they got all five of those working, then they become a big factor. But that remains to be seen if that will happen. And I'm still buying the whole Northwestern making a run at the tournament and getting to their first tournament ever. I would love for that to happen. Do I think it's going to happen? Again, that's yet to be seen. They have a, a tough road. You have to get past Indiana. And anytime you're playing a Tom Crean coach team, mm-hmm. 
I kind of have a little butterflies. I have I have a little uneasiness because I think Tom Crean is a great coach. Granted, Indiana has been down this season. I'm more of an Indiana basketball fan than I am of anyone else in the Big Ten, simply because it's my father's alma mater and my sister is there now. However, I like if you're looking at a Northwestern run, and I'm going to kind of build off of what you said here. Northwestern, I think they're going to beat Indiana today. It's a 3:45 game, and from there you look at. A Purdue team, again, without Robbie Hummel, but they still have Etwan Moore, who's one of the better players in the country. You have Chris Kramer, who's one of the better defenders in the country. And then if they can, if they can maybe get past Purdue, which is already a daunting task, you're going to face either a Michigan State team or Purdue. And if, if you look at either one of those, Michigan State, without Allen, boy, he's their best three-point shooter. You you lose about yeah. I think it, he's over 25 minutes per game They're for Michigan still State. Tough, but that's definitely a chink in their armor losing yes. him. So that's the game. To be honest, that is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. Which would be I, I would I would have rather seen Michigan State Purdue play because I want to see those those two big heads in the in the Big Ten clash to see how they can do without some of their better players. You still have Kalen Lucas for Michigan State, but. I, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy Northwestern making a run, getting past Indiana, mm-hmm. and getting past Purdue. I do have. Uh, if you're gonna buy that, I do have some Swampland in Lower Kentucky. I'd like to sell you. I also. would. So I would buy that as, as well. As long as you got the credit card out, we might as well bring that on. I would too. buy that as well. Yeah. By the way, Etwan Moore. You mentioned Etwan when uh, my second child was born. Etwan was one of the final three names we almost went with. What were the other two? It was David, John, or Etwan. <laughs> I thought each one would have a nice ring to it. I like My it. My wife wouldn't buy into it, but I, you know, I was pushing for that. <laughs> to me, the key, especially if you have a son, the key to naming the kid is how they're going to sound when they're announced over the PA when they're playing for a college team or a varsity high school team. Agreed. I'm it, when, when I have my first child, if, yeah. it, if it is a boy, I am naming him yeah. based upon how I think he's going to sound in a baseball uniform. Lamone Weiler? Yeah. Uh, Weiner? Lamone. Lamont? I, I'm thinking more Javon of... Javon Weiner? JR or something, an abbreviation there because you look at JD Drew. Well, Thaddeus Weiner. Thaddeus Weiner. I don't know. Starting at guard for Glenbrook North, number seven, Thaddeus Weiner. People might be confused. <laughs> Your wife might be confused. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my, my my wife might punch me in the face if yeah. I suggested yeah. the name Thaddeus. By the way, one of the things we did discover from last week's show, and now with Justin, you never know, things can change in a hurry, but. Uh, for any of our female listening audience out there, I believe we did establish, we didn't establish much the first time you were on the show, but I think we established the fact that you are single and you are uh, extremely eligible. Extremely eligible. In fact, like you're so the, eligible you could almost get arrested. The the term that I used was single and ready to mingle. Single and ready to mingle. There you go, folks. It's a little little cliche for me. Yeah, very Already much. We got, we got very female much listeners cliche. dropping off market. Forget about this guy. Forget about this guy. <laughs> Out of sight, my man. My, <laughs> If you want to email us, we will uh, sift through all the potential emails and send only the top selections to Justin. Uh, you can send us an email at mike2guys at aol.com. Talk a Big Ten tournament. By the way, uh, real quick before we take our second and final break, I do like your pick of Penn State as a potential surprise. I really respect uh, that team, and in particular their coach, Ed DeChels. Mm-hmm. Every time I say his name, Ed DeChels. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you're choking there. Yes. But he's a heck of a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about the Mike Krzyzewskis of the world and all the um, you know, the John Calipari's and the Rick Patinos. Ed DeCellius is the anti-big-name coach. 
He's not. Uh, he flies under the radar. He does indeed. He's a grinder. You know what he is though? He's a hell of a basketball coach. He coaches his team up. I don't know how hard it is to get really, really good players to come to Penn State. I'm sure it's probably similar to what DePaul's going through right now. But there's a Penn State team over the years that he's coached there. I've watched them, and they, I think they they compete. They're well coached. He gets the most out of his talent. And this year they went into a big nosedive, Justin. Were a lot of weaker coaches, weaker programs that could have pulled the Alfoldo. They kept competing. They kept battling. Finally, at the end of the Big Ten season, they got a couple of big wins. Very much so. And and I watched them play against Northwestern at Welsh Ryan Arena this year. And I watched Taylor Battle take over a game, uh, he, which he can do. Yes, he can. And he, I believe he is fifth in the conference in defensive rebounding. He's six feet tall. That is a player... That is a special player. He's got a chance to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Is he a NBA player? Is I know he's what is he, about five eleven, maybe yeah, six five, foot. Six you... feet, probably in the program, maybe five ten, five eleven. Of you know, you, you add a couple inches in the program, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's an NBA player quite yet. Maybe a couple years in the uh, in, he, over in he, Europe. Isn't he a junior? Yes, or a senior. He's a senior. Okay. Taylor Battle's a senior, but maybe a couple years over in Europe. Or maybe a couple years in the NBA developmental league. His size is the biggest issue. He's quick enough to be a point guard in the NBA. Maybe a second string or a backup point guard in the NBA. In terms of his ability elsewhere, I just his size is my biggest issue. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of six foot or five eleven point guards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you I just, think if Penn State is going to get on a run. Uh, Everybody can say, well, Taylor Battle can carry the team. I think it's going to work the other way. I think the other players, the complementary guys, have to produce and all of a sudden become threats. And then if that happens and other teams have to concentrate away from Taylor Battle, then secondarily Taylor Battle can start to take over. And in that situation, he can carry a team. But I think right from the get-go, teams are going to key on him. And if the other players are not able to contribute, he's not good enough to beat four other guys. So B before A, complimentary players produce, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, Taylor Battle can carry you to a couple of big wins, and that's all it takes in uh, tournament time. We're going to see, hopefully, uh, somewhere along the way in some of those big tournaments, Justin, hopefully we'll see one or two teams make one of those surprise runs. And sometimes they don't win the championship. They don't quite make the March Madness, but they get to that championship game. We'll be watching on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. It's always a lot of fun. Big 12 tournament, the Big East, Southeast Conference, you know. I'm telling you, March is probably my favorite month of the year, mm-hmm. 100%. Because not only do you start off with college basketball in the middle of the month, but you have spring training that starts, and it's almost the signal, okay, summer's coming. You have baseball in the summer. You have the, the probably, probably, excuse me, the best month of the year, the best second half of the month of the year in March Madness. Love the month of March. It's just, it's a month where, you know, like we said, it's warm enough. I'm wearing shorts right now because it's nice enough in the city of Chicago that I'm wearing shorts. We are webcasting, so for the fans on the north end of the screen, show them a little leg right there. Look at that. Look at that. I'm wearing shorts. And you yelled at your son the other day for wearing shorts. Yes, I did. A couple of days ago, the first warm day, it wasn't that warm. It was like, you know, 40 degrees out, but compared. Comparatively, yes. He goes to school in shorts. Yeah, we're like trying to convince him it's not quite spring yet. But, uh, you know, high school kids, they're not going to listen. No, yeah. I wouldn't have listened. No, I got to be honest. I would not have listened. I would have worn shorts if I wanted to wear well, shorts. You don't listen to me on the show here. Why would <laughs> any other day be any different? Oh, right, we're going to take a quick break. Back for our final segment. We'll uh, talk a little bit more March Madness, but we'll get off at two and uh, a couple other topics of note. Just a one or the young kid at a Green Castle, Indiana, DePaul University, but he's a Chicago guy. 
Glenbrook North High School, right? Yes, sir. I'm sorry? Yes, sir. There you go. I called you, sir. No, I, I, no I'm just sorry that you went to Glenbrook North. And that's oh. All. calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com all right we're back final segment here on the two guys and a mic show for a thursday march 11 what is it march 11 march 12 march 11th march 11 don't forget turn your clocks uh, forward spring ahead this weekend I, you know what, I used to think that was the worst day of the year because oh, no. I'd lose an hour of sleep, but I've been convinced that is the best day yes. of the year because you get that extra That's... day, extra hour of sunlight yeah. and signal summer. It's one of the first signs of reaching full maturity. One of the greatest differences between the <laughs> youthful, immature mentality and the mature, call it boring mentality, when you realize that you know, it's like short-term versus long-term. The one hour of sleep, all the young kids, yeah, oh, well, I get to party another hour, and then the older guys like us that realize, forget about the one hour now. We have daylight. We'll you can see. go out and see your neighbors and stuff like <laughs> So it's sacrificing in the short term, young man, to experience pleasure in the long term. That was the thing is that I would sit there and I would think, wow, if I go out tonight, yeah. and this is in the fall when you fall back, <laughs> if I go out tonight, I get an extra hour of partying yeah. per se yep. if I were a partier, of course. But Apparently your parents are listening to today's show. Oh, no. They, by all means, if they, they would be the first people to admit that I would be a partier. Uh, but then you look at the spring forward, wow, I get an hour less. So I could be out at 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden it's 4 in the morning. How'd that just happen? It can get it can get a little confusing. But I have reached the maturity stage, that, that point where I realize that extra hour of sunlight <laughs> is great. I love it. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of the rights of spring. All right, we're going to go out to the phone lines. Checking in, we have uh, one of our reporters who I don't know if he's in Indianapolis or he is on the way to Indianapolis to cover the Big Ten tournament for the two guys at a mic show and about 18 other stations. It's Adam Hogue checking in. Adam, how are you? Good. What's going on, guys? Actually, uh, speaking of the changing the clock, I failed to... Add in the hour I'm losing on my way Uh-oh. to Indianapolis. I'll still get there in time, but I thought I was going to have my usual two hours before the game. Uh, it's going to be more like 45 minutes now. Yeah. Justin, you're a veteran across on the board. It's not very far away. It can only be a couple-hour drive, but you got to remember that little time change. That time change, and it used to be that Indiana would be on the same time yep. during, this, during the winter months. Mm-hmm. However, they went to Eastern Standard Time now. At least most of the, the state did. I blame it on the Republicans. <laughs> Uh, you, you do have the, the Gary and Maryville and Valparaiso mm-hmm. that still 
associate with the city of Chicago and Central Time. Doesn't make any sense to me, but that's the way they've done it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And Adam, you're going to be uh, covering the Big Ten tournament. You're going to be there all four days, correct? Thursday through Sunday? Yeah, that's correct. I'll be there uh, here before the first game. I'll be there for all ten games. Wow. Uh, you can get most of my coverage, not to plug a different radio station, but on 67thescore.com online. I'll be blogging and tweeting and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you want to find my updates on Twitter, twitter.com slash adamhogue670. Right now, I'm on my way down there and just trying to dodge all the cops. I don't know if they know everyone's traveling down the, <laughs> for the tournament, but the, there's tr- state troopers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I-65 the- is a very bad state or a very bad stretch of road that you will find a lot of hidden police in in the ditches and, and on top of the little overpasses that'll try to just nail you. Similar Especially the- if you're from Illinois. Similar to the state of Illinois, Adam, in the uh, state of Indiana is financially troubled also, and they're looking forward to um, adding to their budget this weekend with fine folks like yourself. So be careful. Yeah, I see. well, they trick you because they up the speed limit to 70 when you're in Indiana, but they, they enforce it better than in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tricky. But, yeah, I'll get down there in time for the first game, and if you want, if you ever want to see what is usually the worst basketball game, uh, it's definitely the Big Ten tournament, maybe of the year. It's always the eight-nine game that kicks off the tournament uh, on Thursday. The, the number eight seed playing the number nine seed. It's usually uh, two, maybe a disappointing team versus what is usually just a bad team. And I think that's the case what we have today with uh, Michigan, who really there's really no excuse for them not to make the NCAA tournament with the talent they brought back this year. Um, but they just had an awful, awful basketball season, and they're playing a, an Iowa team, which is a, a pretty bad squad as well. Well, way to, way to get us excited about the tournament right off the bat, Adam. <laughs> yeah, a- Adam, I have to I have to mention that uh, the dark horse for for the coach here was yes. Michigan to make a run. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that coach. I mean, they've just been so. <laughs> I, 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 out of all the teams playing today, I will give your Wildcats the edge as maybe. Maybe the dark horse, but I, I'm pretty confident that the top four seeds are going to be playing Saturday in the semifinals, and I think that's the way it should be because all four of those teams, three of them tied for the Big Ten title, and all four of them went through an injury to their best player. Mm-hmm. So now they're all healthy, and hopefully they'll all be playing Saturday, yeah. Saturday, and they can really determine which one of those teams I hate to disappoint you, but uh, I about 11.20 last night, I did the Big Ten tournament brackets, a couple of cocktails and some uh, pistachio nuts. I got Michigan not only beating Iowa, but tomorrow the Michigan Wolverines will defeat the Ohio State Buckeyes. So the Buckeyes are going to have a lot of rust to get ready for their NCAA tournament run. Illinois will defeat Wisconsin. Again, pistachio nuts and a couple cocktails is the recipe for this bracket, folks. Uh, Northwestern will beat Indiana. Purdue will knock off Northwestern. Uh, Minnesota will beat Michigan State. Minnesota, I'm sorry, Minnesota will beat Penn State and will upset Michigan State. So your final four, Adam Oak. If you could find your way out of your hotel room on Saturday, you will be looking at the Minnesota Golden Gopher and the Purdue Boilermaker and the Michigan Wolverine taking on the Fighting Alane. Again, pistachio nuts and cocktails. Your thoughts? Uh, well, for the sake of <laughs> all the fans that are traveling down to Indianapolis, I hope you're wrong. Crazier things have happened, though. Uh, 
<laughs> as far as upsets go, I actually like Penn State to beat Minnesota tonight. There that would go. be the, the number 11 seed advancing. The, the, probably the best number 11 seed I've ever seen in the Big that's, Ten tournament. That's true. Uh, but they, you know, they play two close games against Minnesota. I, I'm curious, Coach, what our resident bracketologist, Paradise, thinks. Uh, about the, the, the Big Ten tournament. You know, weekend. Paradise, who uh, of course makes football predictions, what it is, Justin, is um, it's a pair of dice. And we make football picks. We play a game called Beat the Schmoes okay. during the football season. And we used to have an expert come on, you know, with mm-hmm. all the research and stuff. And just to show you how ridiculous the whole prediction game was, along with the experts and us, we would spin the dice. And we'd call her the, the beautiful and the lovely Paradise. And over the three or four years we did at Paradise, was every bit as good as, as any of the experts we had. So I, we could bring the dice out. Shows you how big of a crapshoot it is. Yeah. But you also thought Penn State was going to be a uh, I did. potential dark horse. I, I really like Taylor Battle's play. And I like you, you look at the way Penn State played, especially against Northwestern this year. Granted, Northwestern had a down season once they lost uh, Kevin Cobble, or excuse me, Coble. Um, I still think that the way that Penn State plays, an up and down style of, the, uh, of basketball, they are a team that can shock some people. Yep. I don't know if they'll get past Michigan State, but I do think that they will get well, past Minnesota tonight. They have a couple of ingredients, Adam, that you're looking for in a Cinderella. Two in particular. One, they have the great player that can carry a team. And two, they're really well coached. Yeah, they are. And Ed Chellis is, uh, is an underrated coach. And that, I mean, if you look at that team this year, they've, they've played hard in every game. And that's a reflection of their coach. Talent-wise, they're not great, and but he's recruiting basketball players to Penn State where, I mean, no one shows up to those games. It's just, I, I don't really know how he got Taylor Battle there, to be honest, and they're recruiting Taylor's little brother right now, actually, as well. I don't know. Was, was Taylor that great of a high school player? And I'll disagree with you a little bit from what I've seen on TV. The Penn State fans, they're starting to turn out for basketball, are they not? Starting. Well, well more so last year. This year, once they went back to being bad, uh, they 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 haven't been there. But I mean, when they were in the NIT last year, and and I believe they won the NIT, uh, they were the fans did show up. Mm-hmm. So you know, they've shown that if they can win, they, the the fans will be there, and that doesn't surprise you when you consider how many fans show up to football football games. It's just it's traditionally not a good basketball program, and Ed DeJellis, I think, is doing really the best job he possibly can there. Maybe they to fill up the basketball gym, maybe they could say, uh, anybody that shows up for the basketball games, you automatically get to the front for the lottery on the football tickets. Kind of a backhanded compliment to the basketball team, but a great way to fill the gym, Adam Hope. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would certainly <laughs> probably get people in there. It's creative. Feel, feel free to just say no, Coach. You know me well enough, Adam, to shoot me down. Uh, be careful driving out there now. We don't want any cops to pick you up. And by the way, if you do get a ticket, send it here to the talkzone.com. Our general manager, the commander in chief, Chris Whitting, will take care of it. Trust me. He has no idea, but believe me, he'll take care of it. Yeah. All right. Cause I'll, I'll be all right. Right now, I'm just struggling. I, I just saw a couple of gopher fans flick me off because I got, I still got my Badger sticker on the back of my car. Oh, so. I, lo- I love the drive to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tour. You meet so many friendly people. <laughs> All right, Coach. We'll talk to you. Hey, what hotel are you staying in? Uh, Homewood Suites, about a block away. You know, the media hotel is about a uh, quarter mile away. Uh huh. Which I don't know. I don't. That's not really convenient. 
for walk because once you get down to Indianapolis, you don't you don't get in your car until you leave. Everything's real close, which is nice, which is why I like it better than when the tournament's at the United Center. Um, but so it, it, the media hotel is too far away, so I got I got the upgrade, and I'll be uh, within yeah, you know. Is. Guys, second walk probably. Guy's going big time. He's, there, he's definitely big time. He's us. big time. All right. Well, don't you know any extra items on your hotel bill? Uh, don't send those to Chris Whitting, the commander in chief here at the Talk Zone. Could believe me. I've I've tried. He won't take care of those. No, I'm going to send those to Mitch Rosen at the score. That'll work. All right. Be good. I'm jealous. By the way, four consecutive days of watching Big Ten basketball, and he's getting paid for it. At least I hope you are. I'm extremely jealous. Adam, have a good weekend and uh, behave yourself. I'll be checking the crime report and the Indianapolis Star each and every day. All right, Coach. All right, there it is. It's the first thing I do when I read the paper. Uh, two, the two places I go to. One, the crime report, primarily to make sure the big dog, my par- normal partner, is not in there. <laughs> and more often than not, his name is at least mentioned. And then two, the obituaries. And then I go to the you know front page. The front page, page or the back page of sports. Yeah. Are you there a you sports go. page guy first, comic page, front page? I would say sports page first because then I I, I want to get my sports news. Uh-huh. Then I'll look at the front page, get my fair share of the news of the day. Uh-huh. And then, to be honest, because I'm of the younger generation, it's straight onto the blogs, reading what people have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's mainly where I get my information would be on the Internet. See, I think I'm the only – or not the only, but one of the few – Sports fans, when I read the paper, I save that for the last. Really? It's like, yeah, I save the sports page, the best part, the part I enjoy the most, for the last. But most people I talk to do that, you know, the sports fans, read the sports page first, and then they go to the other stuff. Yeah. It's part of my nature. I like to save the best for last. All right, 888-463-6748 if you want to chime in. How about the Big East tournament? Real quick, Justin, down to the quarterfinals, some really... Really solid games today. You said Georgetown-Syracuse, a game you'll be watching. I will definitely be watching that game, simply because Syracuse is my team to beat in the NCAA tournament. They're going to get in regardless, and I love the way that Jim Beheim coaches that team. He is my pick for the coach of the year, number one. And I think that Georgetown, with Monroe, he poses a big problem for Syracuse down low. So I think I, I, I look at that game, which actually tips off here in about seven, eight minutes Central Time, uh, which same thing Eastern Time, but that tip that tips off pretty soon. I think that's going to be a big test for Syracuse to see to see a team like Georgetown that has struggled as of late, but has still maintained some of their uh, their core play and, and can certainly make a run. They're a team that can be dangerous. But the other the big the other Big East game that I really like that I think that could be a big upset, is Notre Dame over Pitt later tonight. Mm-hmm. That, and that's a game that we talked about before, is a game that could be off the charts. Notre Dame gets you know Luke Herringody back. Back when he was first injured, when they, they played about a month ago, they were thinking that Notre Dame was going to be in the NIT at, yeah. at most. Yep. All of a sudden, now they got a chance to get into the tournament. Yeah, they were, they were left for dead. Yes. Basically, they were slumping with Herringody, mm-hmm. right? Even when Herringody, the first team All-America, was playing... He gets injured, they think he's out for the season, and they started to get even worse. And you think it's over for Notre Dame, problems for Mike Bray. And then all of a sudden, and it was that quick, it was that sudden, a couple of big upsets, and they get on a roll, and all the complimentary players just stepped up their game, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, we don't need Heron Goaty back. I mean, they're playing that well. They're bringing him in off the bench now. 
the Stars. So Notre Dame, I don't know if they can keep it going, but they are red hot. Great game last night, by the way. Cincinnati knocking off Louisville 69-66. to That was a thriller. Cincinnati advances. They take on West Virginia. Going to be a good game. And real quick, you said Syracuse is in the tournament. We all know that. Let me ask you this. If Georgetown defeats Syracuse in an upset, is Syracuse, even though they lose in the first round, are they still guaranteed a number one seat? I don't believe so. I really don't. I don't think that... I think if you lose in the first round, or I shouldn't say the first round, but if, if you lose here to Georgetown, which is obviously a lesser team, but still a good team, I think they're going to drop to the point... So. I mean, they'll they'll drop... I don't know, in terms of rankings, it really won't matter once we get to Selection Sunday. But I would I would say they probably drop to a two-seed. Hmm. Right now, they're the number one, number one. Yes. And right now, they should be the number one, number mm-hmm. one. But if they lose today, I think they've got a good chance to drop See, to I'm a two. Gonna, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. A, based on the fact, I think, body of work, and there just hasn't been enough really, really good teams to warrant that number one pick. Okay. So that that's missing. And then number two, the fact that if they lose... It's going to be to a Georgetown, not a weak team. If you get upset by a weak team, that might be enough to notch them down. But if you lose to Georgetown, it's a first-round game for Syracuse because they got a couple of buys. The Big East mm-hmm. tournament, they uh, it's kind of weird how they bracket it. It's it's not like the Big Ten tournament. It's not like a normal – when you look at a bracket, it doesn't it's, – it's all over the place. It's like a Picasso mm-hmm. painting. Yep. All right, we got to wrap up uh, the first hour. we got hour number two coming up, Justin Weiner. You're going to stick around for uh, yes, the Youth Sports Fan Forum? Of course. Beautiful. We appreciate that. David Olson, our producer today. Two guys at a mic. We'll be back with you tomorrow. The big dog in the house. We'll talk March, March Madness. And uh, stick around. we got a show coming up called the Youth Sports Fan Forum. Don't you go anywhere. Back in a couple of minutes.